Hey everyone, welcome back to Agency Hacker. I'm Destine, your co-host of the show. Today we are here with AJ, the host of Beyond Eight Figures with Multiple Seven Figure Agency Exits. AJ, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I really do like the podcast. It's it's really cool. And as an old agency hand, it's I'm always I always love having these conversations to talk about it the inside business of agencies. Absolutely. I'm very excited to hear your story about your past and how you can help other agency owners listening to this. So in the past, what did your agency do and how did you start it? Well, I've had a few agencies over the years um, from the early 90s and a web development back in the early days before web development really became a thing. So sort of just right time, right person um, Mm -hmm. and got lucky to sell before everything really happened. Um, and then I had another one, we were doing nothing but quant analysis of online discussion groups that really didn't go anywhere except for the fact we wrote some code. You know, we were doing like early content understanding and we wrote some code that another company really liked. So we sold that even though we never really turned it into a business as a service. Um, silly. But then my last company that I sold the assets back in 2013, we were predominantly what I call an acquisition strategy firm. We focused on acquisition channels and aligning it with sort of our clients' strategies. And for us, the biggest part of sort of hitting seven figures was more of just being able to survive yeah, you know, this was New York, so it's sort of this New York environment and having relationships, having been in the digital agency space for about 15 years prior to starting my firm in 2006, it really was just um, being able to survive the couple of years it took to continuously prove to potential clients that we were going to continue to exist. We had some nice small clients. We had one or two decent clients early on from blood, sweat, and tears, networking, you know, begging, pleading, uh, bribing people. But um, it really, our growth really didn't happen until like that close to two years where one, we had gotten our message consistent enough. Instead of just saying, oh yeah, we'll do your SEO and we'll do your analytics. It was like, oh, we'll tie your SEO to the analytical structure. We built up, you know, we got beaten up enough that we built up a consistent story time and then had added other services that aligned then with that, like paid media, then media buying and such. But it really was just, you know, the client that took us over seven figures was a client I had talked to the first time about a week after we started the client, they started the business. And it just took that 18 months to really get a serious meeting, another three months to bring them into a deal. So yeah, almost two years to really just get there, you know, just to survive, do enough, enough to break even and a little more, but really just to get along and get that message, get that alignment there. So that was sort of how we hit seven figures was just crying, pleading, and <laughs> staying around long enough. <laughs> 
I love your story. It sounds very unique and mm. it sounds like it's been, it's been a long journey. You said 15 years of digital agency prior to your agency. Yeah. Can you expand and on another that? 15. Yeah. Another? Um, <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, it's been, well, not quite 15 years. I guess I started my first, if, first thing I did was 92 pre-web, but my first web work was 93. So yeah, I guess, yeah, we are uh, quickly approaching 30 plus years in this industry. But, you know, for me really was this idea of, you know, finding ways to continuously bring value. I think for a lot of agencies, we get, if you are, and there's so many different ways you can build an agency, this is a productized service, does low end strategic, whatever. I've always focused on sort of understanding clients' underlying data, the analytics, you know, what they were trying to do. And I kind of feel that for many agencies out there, if you can really understand your client's need in that deliverable set that you're doing, they're going to come to you for so much more outside Mm. of that one deliverable. And sort Mm. of how I built JAR was around doing my last agency, the one I sold the assets back in 2013. Um, that was really the focus of doing that. Wow. Okay. So can you expand for those who may not know what is JAR? And- so, all right. So JAR, they, so I still hold the company structure, but when we were, so before I sold the assets, which were the different teams, the client lists, um, the work processes, et cetera. Um, we were predominantly a, we started off as an SEO shop, quickly got into paid search PPC because um, there's a little more, it was a little bit easier to describe and a little quicker, but very quickly we realized we had to have analytics and I started hiring pretty senior level people to articulate and to understand what the analytics meant Um, we also spent a lot of time and I would hire people to sort of align sounds really basic now, but at the time was a little bit more aligning what the Google analytics and other sort of digital analytic toolkits were to corporate strategy goals. And we used to do a lot of work. As I like to say, we used to come in and work with the small business units of the large companies that were too small for the agency of records. So you would have, the Ogilvy's would have their multi-million dollar, tens of million dollars contracts with like S.E. Johnson. And they wouldn't work with the small business units if it was under like half a million a year. Mm. And, you know, wow, <laughs> one man's garbage is another's, you know, <laughs> treasure. So we would, yeah. we would specialize in a lot of those quarter of a million dollar for large companies, but small business units. And it really was just bringing analytics and understanding of what those KPIs and the way of talking Mm -hmm. about them to their strategies and then breaking it all the way down to like, that's what it means from an SEO point of view. That's what paid media is. Mm -hmm. Constantly again and again and again doing that. I see. You know, with digital marketing rapidly evolving, do you feel like just how the process of you 
getting clients in the past and building your team has changed from the beginning until now? Yeah. So like after I sold, I went off and sort of became uh, a fractional CMO and I'm an investor and sort of on the board of a few companies. And it was really interesting because even in 13, I was seeing the agency structure sort of change very quickly because one, the large agencies were coming further and further down the food chain. They were starting to bid against 100K things where they, like I said, early on, they wouldn't mm-hmm. talk for something under half a million. All of a sudden there was Razorfish bidding on 100K contracts, mm-hmm. but also just the expectations of clients, the understanding of what could be done was growing. So. Mm-hmm. After going off into the wilderness, as I jokingly say, after a few years, I bought a podcast about two years ago called Beyond Eight Figures. And now I just interview other business owners about their own journeys, you know, either beyond eight figures or towards eight figures, because I make it more symbolic um, around that. Mm. And it is interesting seeing how it's so much easier to find find people who can do the work or say they can do that. There's more options, actually. Let me rephrase that. Not to find the people, but there's more options of how you can grow. There are so many different variations. There's models, there's tools, stuff. But there seems to be almost less understanding of how to use things in combination or what to do at certain points. Mm-hmm. So when I look at agencies nowadays, I think you know, it becomes a real question around your business model. This is why I think it's interesting to see this rise of the productized service, but they seem to top off around seven figure. Yeah, you know, there's a few like Design Pickle that you know, is 25 million or whatever huge amount, but most of them seem to top out because they're so focused on a very small problem set and the ease of delivering their own, that mm-hmm. when the clientele like gets a little bit more complex, when their needs become more complex or yeah. their opportunity for using digital marketing or just using marketing in general becomes more complex, the productized services can't quite fit that growing need, yet mm-hmm. the agencies have their own issues because they're you know, agencies, agencies are some of the best ways of dealing with constant change. You're working with an agency, yet the business model for an agency is that constant, that constant search to ensure you're using the correct utilization of your talent and making sure, thank God I haven't had to be in the talent acquisition space except for helping uh, friends and, and companies I've invested in, you know, find people, but you know, that you don't, you know, talent's become expensive and finding talent that can grow and work within an environment that has both an agency requirement and a client requirement, is getting harder. And then the constant battle of making sure you're using your talent appropriately to service your clients, uh, you're getting money back from, it's becoming more complex and it's, it's fun. You know, it's sort mm. of, yeah, I, I kind of say like, 
if you play around, in, like right now, there's an opportunity to play around with the how agencies work with clients. Mm -hmm. You know, play is probably a too simplified way, but there's some opportunity to kind of change both from you know, the deliverable set to how you get paid. You know, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work um, just taking on clients from a performance basis. Hey, let's mm -hmm. identify a baseline. You're making this much or X, Y, Z is happening. If we can move it above, you know, you pay us. If you don't, no. But that's just one type of experiment. Like I said, the productized services are really interesting, but I don't think they really scale. I mm -hmm. think there's going to have to be a mix. Um, I'm really loving um, Hello Rosie. Is it? Yeah, Hello Rosie. I think that's it. Um, they just raised good amount of money at like a few hundred million dollar valuation. Really, and all they do is embed marketing teams within large organization, large enterprises. So in a sense, everyone they embed works for We Are Rosie. Mm. We Are Rosie? All right, I'm going to massacre their name, but they're really <laughs> cool people. Um, it's Rosie, something Rosie. Um, so everyone they embed is an employee of We Are Rosie. And mm. they go out of their way to really provide amazing benefits and great standards for it. And then you go work within PNG, you know, Intel, whatever it may be, and working on either a long-term or a specific project. So it's not quite the agency, but it's damn close. <laughs> you know, mm. it's that like adjacent. <laughs> and they're growing like hotcakes. And you know, anyone who has, you know, played around with any type of B2B profile and been on Instagram, you know, you're getting targeted by 20,000 talent in, oh, we'll find you the talent. We'll do this. Yeah. Those models are hot to the point where maybe a little too hot right now, but there is this great interest in the results agency. You know, what agencies can get, people want how they deliver though i think is where that sort of balancing point needs to be played around with i see wow you know you mentioned when clients just their needs becoming complex and mm -hmm. you know it sounds like this requires a lot of flexibility and openness to just better serve them would you say that there's been some ups and downs throughout that journey yeah, I mean, when I started the JAR group back in 2006, I had come out of a couple of the very large search marketing agencies where um, I had various senior level roles. And the very typical agency, reason I started my agency was I had um, upsold a couple of clients from like 80K to a few million dollars. And my boss is at this one very large agency that has since been bought it was like, oh, this is so great. Maybe next year we'll give you a raise. And I was like, two weeks. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it is this thing where it becomes that, what are you doing? Why? Because client needs, there's complexity around our clients different types of complexity depending on where they are in their own growth cycle. 
So startups, very, very, you know, in one sense, small problems, but very complex because it is that product market fit. It is the survivability, you know, utilizing resources in a minimalistic manner mm-hmm. to then starting to grow. You know, I love, now I spend a lot of time in what I call the seven to eight, you know, that transitional type of business, still SMB, but all of a sudden you have resources, but they're not infinite. And Mm -hmm. it's more a question of dealing with complexity in that these businesses are starting to bring on and build teams and their, their tools they use and the processes to acquire customers or to build things are starting to get more complex. Mm. Yet there's not enough money to do everything. Mm. You know, you're still, and because there's only so many people, even though they are adding people, even more so than the money is the time and what to focus on. And then mm. you get more into then the large enterprise clients and yeah, there's a nice great gritty, you know, I'm going to jump a little bit from 10 million all the way up to the hundred million <laughs> because they all have their own variations of the problem and complexity, but that starts happening. And also in what agencies do, you get this nice flow where it's like, okay, are you delivering a very tactical service? Are you, you know, are you a vendor? Are you a, you know, do you have customers or clients? Do you have, you know, a specific deliverable or are you building something around the client needs? You know, Mm -hmm. and all these types of things get, you know, potentially either very simple or very complex, but then they, they direct how you try and grow and what you're trying to grow. Like mm. right now, I'm, I've been having talks to acquire um, different agencies. And it is interesting. I love just the different types of business models. Um, I saw one, this really cool one out of Seattle where what they do is they are, they use really interesting combinations of direct sales and mm-hmm digital marketing around um, high-end VIPs for B2B clients. So mm-hmm. instead of just having like, let's say you're trying to reach a specific type of executive if you're a B2B business and yes, you're, you know, your salespeople are buying into that. Mm-hmm. What this agency is doing is they're developing campaigns to generate awareness over a long period. It could be specifically understanding what they read, generating articles that you know they specifically read or interacted with on, you know, not just developing an avatar, but like literally reverse engineering exactly whatever this person has clicked on, done, whatever. So mm-hmm. over the course of a year, that's and you're like, okay, that's, you know, is that really viable? But if you have a B2B, product that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and you're Mm -hmm. spending you know 20 30k to develop a very targeted outreach to a very specific person Mm -hmm. yeah and so that's really a cool product yeah it's just like that's a cool agency that they do that i mean there's just so much going on that's not just the typical like oh do you want a website oh do you want a paid campaign do you want you know there's more happening I see. It sounds like a lot going on. Developing anything just takes a different level of being tedious, I would say. Do you think that 
you know, your journey to become stable in the past? Like, how was that for you? Or what did well, it take? <laughs> this is <laughs> the thing. Um, for me, my most stable part in the agency journey was around 2 million, somewhere, you know, from about one and three quarters to about two and a half million was where my agency was, you know, in annual billings was at the most stable. But then we started over the next three years, we sort of doubled, we grew, we got to about just under 8 million, where I then sort of lost my will, had to restructure and then kind of grew and sold because I was burnt out. But mm. the biggest thing I found was it's for many agencies and now inflation and business model does change us a little bit, but it is in that million to 3 million range where the type of managerial structure, the type of biz dev, business development, all that changes because it goes beyond what one or two individuals can kind of, I jokingly call it blood, sweat, and tears, but just force. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had, I managed by talking to almost everyone on my team every week. I followed up with all my clients. I had relationships. So we had a, a steady inbound, but inconsistent. But mm. early on, that was enough to grow, plus following up and doing all that. And I hear that from many other agency owners. It's at that lovely period of, let's just say around 2 million, give or take, that then things get a little harder. You need more people or um, your clients needs become more. Um, you can't just deliver a basic type of report. They need to have more handholding um, because you mm -hmm. have more people, you have more HR issues, you have, you know, even just more basic questions, which on the face of it doesn't seem like much, but, you know, I realized at one point I went from spending about a day and a half every week in talking with my team to being three days a week. And then I still had the biz dev and I still had, you know, this mm -hmm. other and the billing and the da, da, da. And I was like, oh, I'm working, you know, I'm adding time, removing sleep, reducing the time I'm spending with my family, reducing mm -hmm. the amount of time I'm spending on my own health. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, now I understand why I burnt out <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, but that's what we do in an agency, getting through that period where, things go extra complex and that's a simplified way, but just becomes more to the point where you can build the systems. People will tell you, oh, just do this, just do that, do EOS, do that. Problem is I've yet to hear anyone who just sort of implemented things that people told them and it works. We all need a certain period of trial and error. We need to almost earn the processes that people tell us we need when we're growing. And that, once again, sort of to the same thing of what I said, how I got to my first million was surviving. You have to be able to just survive the period and put the resources in place to have them not work at first until they start working. You know, and that's yeah. 
as an agency, you know, when you're the person doing it and you have partners and everything, that's a very hard thing to do yeah. to understand. You're going to just be burning and you, things are not going to work, but you got to keep doing it because that's how then you figure out what is really going to work. Yeah. But that's yeah. the fun of building an agency. <laughs> this is such an important conversation for other agency owners to listen to this and hear. There's never one right way to perfect things, yeah. trial and error. It's such an important thing to emphasize that you are right now. Yeah. It just sounds like, you know, you've learned a lot through your experience with that. It almost brings up the conversation of wellness. And I do want to flip yeah. up transition. How yeah. or what made, what made you decide to transition from owning your agency or your multiple agencies to this journey right, that you're on right now? And well, what's next for you? So, like I said, mm -hmm. I almost, we became too big at the height my last agency that I was able to sell. I was talking to some of the very large holding companies, Mark, you know, the agency holding companies. And I had this vision if I could, if they would offer me 10 million, that was where I was going. Mm. I was so focused on that, that I let everything get very brittle. We lost, and then I lost my largest client. And I had, you know, the whole thing, never let a client get more than 30%, they were more than 60% of my business. I had to restructure, let go a lot, you know, and I had also been building higher strategic capabilities. And those are very expensive people to have on your team. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to let those people go. I had to restructure and then regrow. So by the time someone came around and offered me, I was close to just shutting down anyway, just because I was burnt. We were still mm -hmm. profitable. We were slowly growing, but it wasn't what I had just a year earlier been trying to do. And I was just like, oh, you may take it. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, you know, that was just, I got lucky. You know, more than anything else, I was lucky. Now, what I went off and did was more of just trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I also got lucky that I played around in crypto in 2012 uh, without even thinking it was going to be anything. So that gave me a little bit more time to sort of be Peter Pan and not do it. I, been a virtual CMO for a few companies, but I realized it's a great way and the people who do it, it's a great way to make a living and it can bring a lot of value, but it was frustrating for me because I kind of like to have not just input, but have, I like to build things and building for other people is fun, but mm -hmm. when you're getting paid, but you're not getting paid sort of in being over increased value you just sort of, you're not aligned. So I kind of was like, all right, this was nice. Um, I joined a board of a couple of companies. One of the companies just went public, even though this is the worst possible time for a company to go public. Um, so now I'm going back. I've done over the years, I've spun up global talent teams for either some of the investments I've made or for just ex-clients and just friends. 
I've spun up marketing teams to handle different sort of out of the box problems, marketing issues. And mm. I realized that there's an opportunity in the space sort of because there's so, because agencies are so important, but the traditional way an agency is run is changing that there might be a way to kind of go in. So I've been looking, um, I've been having talks for the past six months. I've made a couple of offers. Um, still, you know, I still haven't quite found the agency or agency agency adjacent company yet, but mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, this is still such an amazing space. It's just, you got a button, you know, what is it? Dot your I's and cross your T's, you know, realize <laughs> where you are in your growth cycle, realize where your clients are in their business model structure, you know, and have a clear vision of where you're going to go to get past your, where you are and probably where, you know, make sure you don't fall, but at the same time, understand how you're going to grow and what that means with your relationships with your clients. Can you still have the same clients? Do you need to grow the type of clients? Blah, blah, yeah, all that into consideration. Thank you for answering that. It just sounds like you're, I mean, your story is very unique, but it sounds like it just required a certain level of awareness navigating it, agencies. It yeah. required, I think it was more that I got my ass beat <laughs> up um, enough. And then I've had enough, yeah. COVID helped, but like enough time away to go, okay, now I can be very calm and sound very insightful around it where <laughs> when it was happening, it was like, no, what the fuck? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now I get to be insightful for all the things that I wanted to jump off a very large bridge at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, trial and error. So thank you so much for this conversation. Do you have any advice for peers listening to this? or other agency owners listening to this? Any more advice? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, look, if you're interested, please feel free to reach out to me. I think for the biggest thing, you know, to get to that first million is just focus on the bare minimum you need to survive because it's mm -hmm. a time game. You know, if you're early, you know, if, you're, if you've been around for a while and you're still not, transitioning, that's a different type of issue. But if you're just starting, you're getting some transaction transition, but you're so you're focused on that seven and let it give yourself some time to really just eat ramen, <laughs> not go out, not have it, but also just figure out who you really are as an mm. agency, because that period and that opportunity is where you're going to get the real structure because so often people will say, oh, you got to model out your, you know, you, here, research your clients, do all this. <sighs> clients are slow. Clients want things on their own thing. You can't force an environment. You can't make it happen faster. And the best way you learn about a client though is when you see, when they do things, when you talk to them. Mm -hmm. And the longer you're around, the more you can talk to them the more you can get feedback from that and either yeses or nos on new biz dev, the better and faster you will be able to get to that point. So don't rush it. Really just focus on making sure you are in a position to survive and learn. And once you do that, 
you'll find very quickly you're sort of you're growing yeah it's like all right if i can pay my bills and i can get this then i know somewhere away it will be better so mm. that's really you know the biggest advice i can get give to anyone who's just focused on getting seven is just make sure you're just surviving enough to learn and then Lorraine, there's a lot more work to get done, but still, it will be easier. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It sounds like a lot of focus and intentionality behind each action. Attempt, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How can people get in contact with you? Well, the easiest thing is if you're interested in, you know, listening to other entrepreneurs um, talk about their own journeys and mm -hmm. where they are as entrepreneurs, please come listen to my podcast, beyond8figures.com. Uh, you can Google me. We're on Apple, you know, et cetera. Um, or otherwise, just look me up on LinkedIn. If you're interested in talking about your agency or if you're interested in selling, please. Um, or you just, you have a question about something, please look me up on LinkedIn, um, AJ Lawrence, or on Twitter at AJ Lawrence. And yeah, I love chatting with folks in the, in the biz. I've been almost 30 years, so <laughs> I'm a little, I can, I can really geek out about agency life. So love yes. to chat with anyone out there. Thank you so much. You definitely have a lot of experience and wisdom to share. I'm sure listeners will enjoy this episode. Thank you for I your time. So. Thank you, Destine. This was a lot of fun. I, I'm glad you asked me on. This was cool. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.